a rowing boat had appeared, and people were lifting something out of the boat and putting it on the sand. What's happening? I can't see properly, Cuthbert asked his new acquaintance. They just found your body in the water. You drowned a short time ago. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening and welcome to you wherever you are in the world. This is James Schofield, the creator of the stories in Behind the Bottom Line. Now, going for a job interview is one of those stressful things that we all have to do from time to time. But very often the stress is self-imposed because we have to prepare for it in advance. And maybe we'd all do better in our job interviews if we didn't even know we were having one. At least, that's what Cuthbert Trill found out in today's story, The Interview. The wave that knocked Cuthbert Trill over was extremely cold. Because it was landing on a beach in Cornwall in early February, this was not very surprising. Cuthbert came to the surface, his mouth full of water and sand, and realised his glasses were now near his feet. He bent down to pick them up, just in time for the next wave to knock him over again, refill his mouth and nose, and carry his glasses out to sea. Oh, this isn't going well, he thought, as he struggled blindly out of the water towards his towel to wipe his eyes. He needed to be able to see what he was doing when he drowned himself. Over here! Somebody shouted. Your things are over here! Cuthbert looked in the direction of the voice and saw the thick shape of somebody wrapped in the type of clothing one should wear on a cold morning at the beach. Bother, he thought. This was going to complicate things. He stumbled over to his clothes and took the towel the figure held out to him. Thank you, he said, shivering. I've lost my glasses. Why do you need glasses if you want to kill yourself? said the stranger. Kill myself? What makes you think that? asked Cuthbert, trying to stop his teeth from chattering. Well, it's not swimming weather, is it? And I read your suicide note. The stranger waved Cuthbert's handwritten letter under his nose. By the way, it's spelt D-E-S-P-A-I-R. Not D-I-S-P-A-I-R. Honestly, you can't even spell despair. Did you even go to school? That was supposed to be read by my wife, not somebody walking along the beach, Cuthbert exclaimed with another shiver. It just said, to whom it may concern. I was concerned. Anyway, that's irrelevant. Why 
Were you trying to drown yourself? I have excellent reasons, answered Cuthbert, trying to look dignified, which was difficult as he was blue with cold. Ah, lost your job then? Or did your wife have an affair with your best friend? Both of those, actually. How did you know that? Cuthbert put on his jumper. If he had to talk to this annoying person, he might as well be warm. Good idea. You don't want to catch cold. Although, the stranger laughed, I suppose that shouldn't matter. But to answer your question, I've heard your story lots of times. Why don't you just get a new job, a new wife, and a new best friend? But it's not that easy. I go to interviews, but I don't get the job. When you don't have a job, you have the sex appeal and charisma of a dead fish. Cuthbert put his socks on again. Maybe you aren't very good at interviews. Yes, I am, said Cuthbert. Really? Well, let's try. I'm retiring soon from my position and we're looking for a replacement. I'll interview you. If you're convincing, you can have the job. Cuthbert laughed for the first time in many weeks. All right, what do you do? I'm a headhunter for a very large organisation. It's an important job, so you have to be good. First question. Why should we hire you? Well, because you need a new headhunter. Oh, come on, said the stranger. Show some enthusiasm. Because I really need a job. The stranger rolled her eyes. Now you sound desperate. Try to be more positive. Okay, okay. Um, um, I can make a good impression on clients and candidates. To show his commitment to making a good impression, Cuthbert put on his trousers. Better. Second question. What experience do you have in recruiting? None. In my last job, I wrote poems for a greeting card company. Oh, really now? Are you being useless on purpose? Try to think what relevance your former job could possibly have to headhunting and make it quick. You're failing this interview so far. Um, 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 well, well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very persistent. When looking for a word for a birthday card poem, I won't give up until I found exactly the right one. I would bring that persistence to recruiting. The stranger looked pleased. Very good. Now, where do you see yourself in five years' time? Dead? Oh, not funny. Answer the question properly. Cuthbert thought for a moment. I want to be leading a team that meets all of its targets so I can contribute to the success of the company, he said, and put on his shoes. The stranger clapped her hands. Brilliant, she said. When can you start? A feeling of pride spread through Cuthbert, something he hadn't felt for a long time. 
It was nice. Just at that moment, he heard a noise coming from the shore. A rowing boat had appeared, and people were lifting something out of the boat and putting it on the sand. What's happening? I can't see properly, he asked his new acquaintance. Oh, they, they just found your body in the water. You drowned a short time ago. I, I drowned? asked Cuthbert. But, but that means you must be... Death? Correct. Don't look so surprised. It's what you wanted, isn't it? But what about this headhunter job? Well, as I said, we need a replacement. You look quite presentable with clothes on, and you seem to have the right attitude now, too. But I... The alarm clock woke Cuthbert. He could hear the sounds of the sea outside his cheap hotel. He put on his glasses, got out of bed, and stood at the window, watching the waves hit the beach. They looked very cold. He thought for a while, then slowly tore up the note he'd written the evening before. The interview was written for Business Spotlight in 2015. And the version you've heard just now is a little bit different to the version that was published in the magazine. Uh, and I'll come to that point later and explain why I changed it a little bit. I think originally I was given a briefing that the that issue of the magazine was going to be focusing on job interviews. And they said, oh, James, come on, that would be easy. Um, everybody's had lots of terrible job interviews. Uh, I'm sure you can do something uh, with that. Uh, I don't think that they expected me to have somebody going for a job interview for the position of, of death. Um, but fortunately, Business Spotlight over the years has been very indulgent towards me and let me do more or less what I want. With the job interview questions, uh, it amused me to imagine applying for the position of death and following the standard interview questions. And most of those questions that are there, uh, like where do you see yourself in five years, are incredibly irritating. I mean, how are we supposed to know where we're going to be in five years? The world could have ended within the next five years. So it's a question which I've always thought was rather pointless. For the story, I liked the idea of having death as a bureaucrat. If you've listened to some of my other stories, like uh, one of my recent ones, Heaven PLC, I tend to see the afterlife as being like a really, really large organisation. And if that is the case, then, you know, things will have to be planned. Uh, and if you if you plan things, then you need a bureaucracy. And if you think about it, I mean, uh, we tend to think that we have an overpopulation problem here on Earth. But can you imagine what the afterlife is like? Because all those people dying are not going anywhere. So I think it's going to have to be a very, very efficient organization on the other side. And if that is the case, then I think they're going to be bureaucrats there. And so that's how I liked to see my figure of death. Another thing which I think is a problem in our society 
is that we always tend to see death as something threatening, and perhaps that's the wrong way to see it. For example, my grandfather, uh, who was uh, a writer and a, and a teacher as well, um, and he was in the trenches in the First War, and he wrote some uh, very moving stuff about life in the trans- trenches. And he describes death there as something quite different to the terrifying image that we tend to carry around in our head. Uh, and in his writings, he says at one point, um, decaying life is tragic, but death is the sweetest thing in war. When we know more of death, we shall admire it more. Out here, one sometimes feels its beauty. It smiles through the wretchedness of war and offers peace. Now, he went through a really dreadful time during the war, and a lot of his friends were killed. So um, I find it interesting that that was his perspective on it. I decided to set this interview on a pebbly beach, mostly because it's absolutely impossible to be dignified when you have no shoes on on a stony beach. Uh, And I thought it would be an interesting experience for Cuthbert to be really reduced to wearing practically nothing, freezing to death and hobbling about on these stones and at at the same time trying to remain dignified while he's having this interview. And that struck me as a funny idea. One thing that I was very pleased with in my original story when I first sent it in to Business Spotlight was that I surprised the reader by changing death's gender. Now, I mean, I suppose theoretically death shouldn't have a gender, but historically death is always portrayed as a he, as a man. But in my story, I decided that death should be female rather than male. And I was quite annoyed when I got my hands on a copy of the magazine and found that the editor had changed the gender from female to male. So in the version that you've just heard, I changed it back to how it was in the original. I hope you enjoyed the story. If you did so, why don't you visit my website, www.behindthebottomline.com and leave a review or a rating. You can do the same on Apple Podcasts. Next week's story is called Teamwork and two of Behind the Bottom Line's most popular characters, Julie and Paula, will be back for another adventure. So make sure that you tune in to that next Tuesday. Otherwise, everybody take care, look after yourselves. See you next week and goodbye.